0: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. For the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part seven of our new series, not so new anymore, (laughs) uh, entitled 11 Ways God Allows Suffering from a Biblical Perspective. So when it comes to suffering, people respond in many different ways. Eastern religions teach the non-existence of evil and suffering in the world. And then there's the word faith teachers, and they teach that all suffering is a result of sin. There are even some people in churches who blame God. They blame themselves. They blame others for suffering. Tonight, However, Dr. Buckner will break down the true biblical view of suffering. So buckle up, strap in, and get ready for we are not pretending. We are
2: contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be... Lifted up in the Lord uh, tonight. As Brother Gary has said, we have been doing this series on why God allows suffering, and we have been talking about different ways by which God has allowed suffering in our lives, and uh, let me review those uh, points, and it'll lead us up to the 10th point, number 10, on why God allows suffering, and uh, here it is. Number one, God allows suffering in our lives to develop patience or perseverance. That's the first one. And boy, do we need that today in our churches and outside our churches. Secondly, God allows suffering in our lives to develop maturity. And because so many of us are immature, still on milk, have to be burped, have to have a bib on. And God wants to move us from the first M, milk, to the second M, the meat of the word. Third reason why God allows suffering in our lives is to assure us of our sonship. We are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And sometimes God has to take us to the woodshed through suffering to uh, get us to that place where he can mold us, break us, and remake us. In his imago dei image. Fourthly, God allows suffering in our lives to prove the genuine nature of our faith, to make sure that through suffering we are not responding to Him through feelings. There's a war between feelings and faith, and it's also a war between fainting and faith. You remember Jesus said, "Men are always to pray." and not to faint. And we have so many people, when they go through suffering, they faint. They give up. They lose hope. They want to commit suicide, or they want to withdraw, and they just lose faith. And that's why Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith. Felleth not. All through suffering, you can't let your faith fail, even when you're going through financial suffering. And there are so many people today, that's why we see on the news crime happening all over the world, because people are fainting when it comes to finances and going into stores and people's homes and robbing and stealing and killing, you know, and that's not the way God wants us to do it. He wants us to have faith. And we know when you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. And the fifth reason why God allows suffering in our lives is to to develop in us humility. And that's what Paul had to go through. And God allows uh, Paul to experience that thorn in his flesh to keep him humble from boasting. And a lot of us today got so much pride. And pride is simply this, my friend. It is simply you saying, I'm going to do it my way rather than God's way. And, you know, God sometimes has to take you uh, through this thing of suffering to beat in you and create in you humility. And sixthly, God allows suffering in our lives to keep us on the right track. And a lot of times we get off track when it comes to Bible study and prayer and being in the word and letting the word get into us and fellowship. So God has to allow suffering in our life to get us back on track. And that's why David said, you know, in Psalms 119 and verse 67, that, uh, God took him through affliction so that he would get him to the place where he would really get his focus right and be on track. And the, Seventh reason why God allows suffering in our lives is to, in order to deepen our insight into the heart of God. You know, there are so many people today that don't have a heart after God. And David, God had to take him through suffering and to get him to be a man after God's own heart. And that's what I'm praying for with those who are listening to this program, those in churches, that through suffering, God will get their hearts pointed towards him, that they'll love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. He'll become Lord of their life. The eighth reason why God allows suffering in our lives is to help us in order to help others in their trials. So God allows us to go through suffering so that through suffering that we may be sensitive to those who are going through suffering. And then God allows us uh, suffering in our lives, number nine, uh, to teach us to really love him. You remember the story about Peter, you know, and Peter got away from that love, and Jesus allowed him to go through suffering, and he wept bitterly and repented. <laughs> That's what you need to do through suffering is repent and get back to what the Lord is calling you to do. And tenth point tonight is God allows suffering in our lives to teach us to know the fellowship of His suffering, to know the fellowship of our suffering. And this passage in Philippians chapter three and verse 10 is one of the most powerful and exciting verses of Scripture as it relates to suffering. And I'm going to take my time with this, my friend because we A lot of us don't really understand and have not done an in-depth study on this Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul writes under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and says, quote, that I may know him, oh, how important that is, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship. Notice that, Philippians 3 and 10 and the fellowship of his suffering being made into conformity unto his death. Oh, my friend, that is a powerful scripture that all of us need to pay attention to. Now, I want to make several points on this. Most Christians, when they read the first part of this verse 10, in Philippians chapter 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection— they get real excited. They get real enthused. They, their emotions go up high. But their emotion seems to drop when they read the last part of that verse 10. They don't get as excited when it says, and the fellowship of his suffering being made into the conformity unto his death. A lot of Christians don't want to hear that part of the verse. They want to hear the first part of it but not the second part of it. As a matter of fact, during the time of uh, Resurrection Sunday, we'll make a lot of hype on that first part of that verse, but we'll delete the last part of that verse. And and you can't have the one without the other, my friend. Understand that and make a note of that. You can't have the uh, one without the other. And there are two reasons why we are uh, confused regarding these verses of Scripture. Let me tell you the two reasons. Number one, because we don't really understand what the Apostle Paul is saying in the context. And number two, second reason is because a lot of Christians want to avoid all forms of suffering, especially suffering that is going to bring them into the conformity and the image and likeness of God. You see, Jesus is the exact image of God, and we, God is trying to conform us into that likeness, that image. Now, the Apostle Paul wasn't longing for some secret, esoteric knowledge of Christ being beyond what is revealed in Scripture, when he says that I may know him. And the Apostle Paul wasn't asking for some private message or revelation given to him from Christ by him whispering it in his ear. And some, are given some knowledge of God that goes beyond the scripture that reveals some idea of the heart of Gnostic heresy, it has nothing in common with true Christianity. And the knowledge of Christ that the Apostle Paul sought for, and this is the right reason, now listen to this and make a note of this, the knowledge of Christ that the Apostle Paul sought for and longed for was to know the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering and being into conformity to his death. That's what the knowing is all about. See, he wanted to know more about him, the resurrection, but know more about how to deal with suffering. The Apostle Paul wanted to know the fellowship of Christ's suffering in an intimate way, So why does the Apostle Paul desire to know the fellowship of his suffering? That's that's an important question. We can be certain that the Apostle Paul had no perverse, now notice this, no perverse love of pain or desiring to have an extreme feeling around suffering and pain. Because, you remember, he was a Roman citizen, and when they had scourged him and got ready, the Romans got ready to execute him and kill him. Paul sought for a justice by claiming and knowing that he was a Roman citizen. If he desired to just experience pain and the perverseness of pain, he would have said, "Just go ahead and kill me." But he sought to uh escape from that as well as we see in Second Corinthians chapter twelve and verse seven. He is, He testified that he besought the Lord three times to deliver him from the message of Satan, by which he suffered this thorn in his flesh. So in the midst of the experience, the Apostle Paul discovered what? This is what the fellowship of his suffering is all about, my friend. And make a note of this. In the fellowship of his suffering, this is what he wanted to come out of it. God's grace is sufficient for him through the suffering, no matter how deep the suffering is. Oh, that's so important that we understand that in the light of that verse. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9, along with God's grace. Now, I want you to make a note of this point after point after point. Along with knowing his grace, he wanted to know also the strength. He he wanted to know be perfect in that strength. And also, in the midst of the weaknesses, he wanted to experience God's grace and strength and power and perfection. So what is this all about here? The Bible teaches not only about God's grace, but grace upon grace, and God gives special measure of grace to those who are going through suffering and want to endure suffering. So when you see it says the fellowship of the suffering, put with that enduring suffering because God is giving you more grace, more power, more perfection, and more strength. And this is so important in the light of what he's saying here. So i close in saying this. In Matthew chapter 5, ch- chapters 5 through 7, which is known as the Beatitude, Jesus said about suffering, this is important to know that Jesus said in conclusion. In Matthew five ten through 12, Blessed are those which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye when men will revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice. Notice that. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Jesus is saying here, and I'm saying this in closing, Jesus is saying here in the Gospel of Matthew, And teaching, a special blessing comes to those who are suffering for his name's sake. So so I'm saying this in conclusion. Embrace suffering. Don't erase it. Embrace the fellowship of his suffering because out of it is going to come God's grace, what Paul said, God's power, God's strength. In the midst of your weakness, that's why Paul wanted to know more about the fellowship, because he knew what was going to come out of it. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending
0: for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name's Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open and you can give us a call. That number is one forkfax That's 1-888-367-5329. do not be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We want to hear from you. If you have questions or comments, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Again, that number is one forkfax And speaking of prayer, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith? Without your diligent prayers, we could have never have been on the air for so many years. We also want to thank those who gave over the last week. CR, Charles, Sandra, Jackie, Keith, Patricia, Ann, Richard, and Carol. It costs us about four hundred uh per week to stay on the air, so you know, as well as hundred and fifty dollars per month for our podcasts. So we need your help. We are, we are listener supported, and we can't do it without your support. Uh, we're paid up through this week. praise God, and we thank you for your generosity toward that and uh, But you know, as we roll around toward next week, we need another 375. So if you've been blessed by the program and Dr. Buckner's teachings, won't you partner with us financially to keep us on the air? Uh, Christmas is a difficult time it's many decrease the amount of money that they give to programs like this and uh, so it's time for you to to become consistent in your giving as well as consistent in your prayers to keep us going and to keep us on the air as we round the corner toward the end of 2019 to the beginning of 2020 we want to be in the black And not in the red. So we need your help. We need your encouragement through your prayers. But we also need your uh, financial partnership to continue to do the work that God has called us to do. There's two ways that you can donate. First one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553 Tiburon, California. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N. California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply get on your smartphone, your desktop, laptop, tablet, whatever device you have. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And simply click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you will be a blessing for time and time and eternity it's just so important that you remain consistent in prayer and consistent in your giving towards contending for the faith this program has been on the air for many many years and many of you have been with us from the beginning and uh, you know we we are always getting letters and uh, of encouragement and we appreciate those letters Someone recently wrote, Dear Dr. Buckner, thank you so much for your teaching on suffering and God's purposes. I'm going through many infirmities, one after another. And your teaching really encouraged me to look for the purpose. I was especially encouraged when you taught that as we receive comfort from the Lord, we can comfort others who are suffering. This helps me put it all in perspective. And not get stuck. Thank you so much, signed Sandy. You know it's letters like this that just encourage us. It's a comfort to us, Sandy. And thank you for taking the time to to write us. And we want to encourage you to, if you've been blessed by the program, that send us a note of encouragement as well. We want to hear from you. Uh, that address again is Contending for the Faith, PO Box five five three, Tiburon, California nine four nine two zero. And just um, FYI, the next two weeks, uh, we will be out of the studio, but we will be uh, having the best of contending for the faith airing. Uh, We'll return Saturday, December 28th uh, for the live broadcast again. So the next two weeks, you can listen, but you can't call in. But we want to encourage you, listen, take notes. It'll be a good two weeks of programming. From the best of contending for the faith, Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. And we encourage everybody to, um, as Gary, Gary said, to uh, remember us in prayer and continue to give us that uh, support to keep us on the air to come here and give you the word and pray for you and to uh, encourage you. So we're going to get to our callers, Brother Gary. Let's do that. Uh, all right. Our first caller of the night is going to be Sophia. Sophia, how are you doing?
3: Oh, I tell you, I'm doing so well. Now, I talk fast because a lot of people
0: want to call in. Well, you know, wait, 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 wait. You know what? You always get in on the tail end of the broadcast, so we moved you to the front of the line. So go.
3: I'm so excited. (laughs) Take your time. I have a question, but before I get to my question, of course, I always pray for contending for the faith. But this is for Sandy, because I was reading, oh, I tell you, Dr. Buckner and Gary, uh, Brother Gary, excuse me, don't mean to be rude, You're fine, you're fine. I said, I'm going to read Lamentations. Don't read Lamentations if you're, like, faint of heart. There's a lot of (laughs) sin going on in Lamentations. Now, um, but it tells you that God, if they can forgive what went on in Lamentations, I don't know about Lamentations, but, whoa, there's a lot going on. But God is such a, now, this is for the people, I like to keep people hep, hep. That's an expression. I watched this movie with a guy named Kooky. And he talked about cool cats. So I say that the that God is such a cool cat, because if he can forgive these people what they were doing, I guess it was Israel. But this is for Sandy. And then I get to my questions in lamentations. is not exactly what you, Dr. Buckner, would read to her. But since I have lamentations open. Okay. So I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness of the, I don't know the word, G-A-L-L. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me, yet... Yet, Sandy, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. No, Sandy, you'll be okay. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. So I I hope, you know, I'm praying for you, Sandy. Now this is my question. Now, I will go back to Lamentations, it's 2.17, mm-hmm. and then, I don't understand this. It. it says, see, I don't even know too much about lamentation. the Lord has done what He planned, uh, He has fulfilled His word, which He decreed long ago, He has overthrown you without pity, He has let the enemy gloat over you, He has exalted the horn, I don't know what that means, of your foes. Now, what do they mean He decreed long ago? I thought He was doing stuff to these people because they were so sinful.
2: Hmm. well, when you talk about decree it's it it's basically another word that's saying that he has uh within his sovereign will uh that it's it's synonymous with his sovereign will decreed and what he he's dealing with is Jerusalem and uh the Jews, how they had fallen away from him and uh Jeremiah uh, is continuing to write this book. Uh, You know, it's from a continuation of the book of Jeremiah, and the lamentation has to do with him weeping. He's literally weeping over the sins of uh, his own people and how they have fallen away from God. And here, God has allowed the enemies. This verse here is talking about God has decreed in his sovereign will and in his sovereign plan, he has decreed according to his will, to allow the enemies to come in and literally take uh, his people to the woodshed. And we see this really uh, happening even with uh, the children of Israel uh, when uh, God had told them to uh, give him uh, 70 uh, years of of Sabbath uh, worship. And uh, they didn't do it. And so what God did is allowed the Babylonians to come in and take them into uh, captivity for 70 uh, years. And then when they were in captivity, they ended up uh, praising God and falling on their knees and repenting in the 70 years in captivity. And when they got out, they started doing what God called them to do. So a lot of times what happened is God, a lot of times he allows the enemy, he allowed the enemy to come in, take us to the woodshed, and whip us to get us back to where he wants us to be. And we see this with Cyrus. We see it with the Babylonians. We see it with the Grecians. We see it with, uh, you know, even the Romans over and over. This is like a cycle where God says, if you're not going to do what I call you to do, I'll allow the enemy to come in and whip you. And then what God will do is when the enemy gets through whipping them, God will come behind that and whip the enemy and then let them release them. So oh. it's, it's better to do what God called you to do because part of the suffering of God is to allow others to come in and take us to the woodshed. And we see sometimes people, when they go through a lot of stuff by their enemies, that's the time when they pray like they've never prayed before. Why is this happening to me? Well, sometimes we got to look at the bigger picture. Maybe God is trying to get, get your attention. I see. So he
3: did that with Job, too, right? You let
2: Satan have him? Uh, well, Satan can't do anything unless, God, unless he has permission. That's why he went before God and said, you know, can I do this to Job? And you remember when the, the legion man in the New Testament had all those demons, and the oh. demon said, uh, have you come to torment us before, before our time? Permit us to go into the swine. So they can't do anything unless they get permission from God. And then what right. God what God in, will do in turn is use even the devil uh, for his own glory, and then uh, cause people to get where they need to be. I think it was uh, Donald Gray Bornhouse one time said. Um, well, uh, I think it was uh, Martin Luther. He first of all said the devil is God's devil, and then uh, Donald Gray Bornhouse one time said sometimes what happens is that the devil will uh, give us a good kick, and then the Holy Spirit will come through and give us another punch, and it will get us where we need to be. So,
3: wow. Yeah,
2: yeah. So okay, we,
3: one quick thing then I'll go, because you're being so nice to me, so I'll be really fast. It says, why should any living man complain when punished for his sins? Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. So do they mean let us examine our ways, meaning look at our own sins?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Let us oh, let, okay. let us examine our own. It is it it uh, it compares to First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven is with the communion. You remember it says, "Let a man examine himself and judge yourself, lest you be judged by God."
3: Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much because now I understand what was going on in Lamentations. Very so good. I'm, I really appreciate it, and God bless you
2: all. God bless you, and thank you for your call and your question as well.
3: Okie Thank
2: you. All right, and Merry Christmas to you. All right, we have enough time to get uh, you on the right. show. Shall we go on to Rick? Let's get to Rick. Hey, Brother Rick, how you doing? I,
4: yeah, I'm very blessed by this uh, last call by Sophia. I really appreciate her.
2: Oh, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's... she's we have uh, about two minutes to get to your question, then we'll come back from the break, and then we'll answer it. So what's on your heart?
4: Okay, the question is simply this. We know about uh, the stuff with the Sabbath. Did Jesus always keep the Sabbath? That's part one. And part two is, did Jesus ever break the Sabbath?
2: <laughs> That's a good question, uh, part one and part two. Well, let me just say this for openings before we get to the commercial break. Yes and no. There were times by which he kept it, and other times he didn't keep it. There is no record. People need to make note of this. There is no record in the entire New Testament where Jesus kept the Sabbath day. Matter of fact, he would go into the Sabbath day uh, to teach and that sort of thing, but there's no record of seeing that he was going every Sunday. And that's the thing that made the Jews angry with him. You look at John chapter 5. And it says in verse 17, But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. So what Jesus is saying here is that you expect for me to sit around and not do anything on on the Sabbath day like you. No, I'm not dictated by you. I'm controlled by my father that works every day. And so I'm going to be working every day. And that's why he allowed his disciples to go into the field and pluck corn. And that made the religious leaders upset. They're doing this on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, if your ox falls into a hole, you're going to sit up there and just be worshiping? No, you're going to get that ox and pull it out. So Jesus worked every day. And that's why Paul was saying in Romans chapter 14, let every man be fully persuaded what day he wants to worship. Let me pick up some more of this when we come back from the commercial break. Okay, Brother Gary. Well, you know, I think it's time for us to take that commercial
0: break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, a pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the calls, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And we just want to thank you all once again, those of you who have been continuously praying for this ministry. We so appreciate those prayers. They keep us going. They keep us encouraged. They keep us motivated. And they keep us blessed. And we just thank you so much. And we also want to encourage you not only to pray for Contending for the Faith, but to partner with us financially. This is a listener-supported ministry. And, you know, we're rounding a curve. It's how many more shopping days left? (laughs) Not many. You know, and you guys are out there in the malls and the shopping centers and Walmart and Rite Aid and all the rest. And, you know, everybody's got gifts on their minds. And we want to encourage you to think of the greatest gift that was given. And that's when the father gave his son to us this Christmas. And we also want to encourage you to take that same gift and and share it with others. And also, as God has blessed you to share a financial gift with contending for the faith, so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, particularly during this this time of year, where we can get so caught up in the hustle and the bustle of shopping and the many activities which are good i 'm not knocking them, but don 't forget to give you know it's better to give than to receive, and we uh, need your help this time of year to continue to. Do what God has called us to do. It costs us $400 a week to remain on the air, and uh, we're caught up to this day. But next week is coming up, and we've got to make those payments as well. So we want to encourage you. This is the time to step up to the plate and be a blessing for time and eternity here at Contending for the Faith. There's two ways to donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553 Tiburon, California 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post office box 553, Tiburon, California 94920. Second way, is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. You'll touch lives with your with your gift. And you never know when you step into heaven, and God says to you, Look behind you, and you'll see a vast multitude of people standing there. And you're going to say, Lord, who are these people? And the Lord's going to say to you, These are the people that were touched and made it into heaven as a result of your gift, of your giving to ministries like contending for the faith of others, because your gift touched folks for time and eternity and help pull people from the brink of disaster and hell and help them get into eternity with Jesus. So it's so important. Don't ever think that your gifts uh, really don't amount to anything. It doesn't matter how much you give, just give, because God will take it and multiply it and use it to touch lives for eternity. We also want to remind you that next, next two weeks we will be out of the studio, but we will bring you the best of contending for the faith. Uh, so <clears throat> you won't be able to call in, but you'll definitely be able to listen in. And so we want to encourage you keep listening, uh, to keep taking notes, and uh, we'll return and be live in studio Saturday, December the 28th. So just make a note of that. You you, you will be on the air. You just won't be able to call in. Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary, and appreciate those uh, challenging words. And uh, we also want to just let you know it's not about uh, uh, the presence, but his presence in our lives. And that's the key for this time of the year and every day of the year. Well, we were talking to Rick. Are you there, Brother Rick?
4: Yes, I am. I'm waiting to hear
2: the rest of it. Yes, and I appreciate that good question. So, uh, again, uh, Jesus did not uh, keep the Sabbath uh, on a consistent basis because uh, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, he's able to do what he wants to do, being the Lord of the Sabbath. So it really upset the Jews that, he didn't keep it all the time, and then they didn't respect him of being the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the creator of the Sabbath, so he could do whatever he wants to do. So Jesus sometimes was in the, uh, you know, the temple, the synagogue uh, on uh, Saturday, and other times he wasn't. So there's no record that he was doing this all the time. And when it mentions here in verse 18 of John um, chapter 5, And therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said that also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. The thing that made them see that he was equal to God, because in verse 17, a lot of people miss this, and I want people to take a note of this. In verse 17, he says, my father worketh hitherto I work. What Jesus was saying in verse 17, that the type of work that the father uh, does, I do that work equally, too. And that disturbed them, because they were saying in their minds, how in the world can you do the same equal work as the Father? He says, I do the same work as he. And then it says that the Jews sought the more to kill him. Now, they wanted to kill him before, uh, you know, right after he made that statement, because he was, ca- he was saying that he was equal to the Father as for as working. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath. The Greek word for broken in Greek is luo. And that means to loose. That meant that he loosed the Sabbath restriction because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He can do whatever he wants to do as Lord of the Sabbath. And so he can come and go and go in on Saturday do work on Sunday. He was doing work every day because he said, this is what my father does. They didn't understand that. Therefore, the Jews said, making himself equal to God. Now, this is the thing that I want to say out to all of the cults and people who are out there not uh, believing that Jesus is God. The Jews that lived during the time of Jesus saw Jesus They heard Jesus. They saw what he did, his works. They also heard what he said. Now, they believed that he was claiming to be God. Now, if they said that he claimed to be God, just like in John 10, when he said, I and the Father, we are one, and then the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. The Jews were the first to start a rock concert. Every time Jesus claimed to be God, they wanted to rock his world. So here, again, here, the Jews is confirming that Jesus is claiming to be God. Cults need to look at that because they lived during the time of Jesus. And then also, one other thing that's really important is that in Hebrews uh, chapter—in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, rather— The Father says that Jesus is God. So who would know more about that when he says the Father claimed that Jesus was God? So if the Father says, uh, thy throne, O, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is a scepter of thy kingdom, the Father claimed that he was God in the book of Hebrews. So if the Father claimed it and the Jews said he was, Jesus said he was, that settles it, so hopefully that helps to give you some insight around that brother Rick
4: amen yeah you know, i I just 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 a thought on my mind being jewish if you want if you want to look at Jewish tradition at the time too, and even today, mm-hmm. there are times it was permissible to desecrate the Sabbath mm-hmm. so what are they doing what are they doing uh, giving it to Jesus for mhm mhm-. It was a very, it was a very common practice at times when things happened, like your animal was in the hole or something like that, or your your child was sick. Mm-hmm. You were permitted to desecrate the Sabbath.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
4: So. It, yeah. So they, 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 there, there, was, there was plenty of ways within even the Jewish practices.
2: Yeah, the Jews were good at uh, adding to the law. Uh, you know. Uh, six hundred and thirteen stone they were always at good at adding you have any prayer requests we got about two more callers any prayer requests before yeah. we move on mm-hmm.
4: just, just general prayer around my health just continue continue the healing process continue to build up build up my strength and uh, just my finances my family relationships. I need all. Pr- I need prayer and all those type of things right
2: now. Yeah, then you're in a care facility right now, hoping to get out so you can get back uh, to your home. Amen. Yes. yes. Well, we can have Brother Gary to lift mm-hmm. you up in prayer because Rick, you mean a whole lot to us. You were a, yes. a part of our staff. Still, you still are, and we you mean a, the world to us in Christ. So we want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our our brother Rick. We just pray that
0: you continue to encourage him, continue to comfort him, continue to give him uh, assurance, full hope, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for his health, Lord God, because you are the great physician and you've never lost a case. You know him intimately. You made him and you formed him. You wrote the DNA code in every cell of his body and you know how to to touch his body and touch his life where he needs it most. And we pray that you do. We pray for his finances that you meet every need. That's uh, represented there, Lord God, that you'd open the windows of heaven and pour him out a blessing he couldn't contain. Pressed down, shaking, running over into his lap. We pray, Lord God, for his family situation as well, Lord God, that you meet every need that's there, Lord God, and relationships, Lord God, be healed, that relationships restored, relationships, Lord, be brought back together. Lord God, bless him mightily in every
2: way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Rick, for your call, and God bless you, brother. And Merry Christmas to you. All right. All right. We're going right. to quickly go to Jermaine. Jermaine, how you doing?
4: Oh, I'm doing very good.
2: Oh, good. Uh, Merry Christmas to you in advance.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, you too. I just learned that you won't be on the air, so Merry Christmas.
2: All right. I do appreciate that. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother?
1: Well, yeah, I just wanted to very quickly uh, finish up that Kanye West topic from a couple weeks ago. I had actually listened to the pastor that was touring around with him, and I listened to an hour-long interview. and. Uh, The short of it is, I believe the pastor is legit, given his lineage. He made a point to say that Kanye was a a young Christian, and of course he doesn't know all of his doctrine yet, but he has a passion for what he's doing. And I actually do believe that, and they haven't told you about, he's been in prisons, and I saw at least 30, 40 people raising their hands saying they wanted Christ. So I believe God's going to get glory out of it, regardless of his transition being real or not. But given his celebrity status, just because he's a celebrity, do these celebrities automatically get to have the mic and get behind the stand in in church? I mean, it seems like there should be a prohibition against some of these people speaking just because they're well-known. I don't imagine any celebrities going to your churches and then getting behind the pulpit while you watch. That that just doesn't fly with with me and a lot of other people. So I just want to hear your thoughts.
2: Well, I agree with that because, uh, first of all, the Bible tells us to test all things and hold fast to that which is good. And one of the things that we want to make sure of is that a person has been discipled and uh, and that they are legit Chris- Christian and that they have surrendered their life to the Lord. And just to see that, you know, he went over to Joel Osteen's church, it lets you know that uh, he hasn't fully been discipled and that pastor who he's with that's connected with John MacArthur, needs to really get on his job with that because, you know, we just don't, like you said, we just don't let anybody come in. We have to test the spirit by the spirit and make sure that uh, they are legit, that they have a foundation, and then when we discover that and there's some training going on, then we say, okay, we'll let you come up and share, but to just bring a man in it's almost like uh people have gotten to the point right now where they have fallen more into uh, not the spirit of Christ but uh you know entertainment they've fallen into a showmanship and and what's going to make everybody feel good and You know, the Apostle Paul says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers who will tickle their ears, and the truth of God shall be made into mythology. There's a lot of tickling of the ears going on, and there's a lot of entertainment and showmanship, and the world offers that. And John says, we are not of the world. You know, he says, the world heareth them. You know, that's what he says in, in, in 1 John 4. They are of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of Christ, and he that's of Christ heareth Christ. So we've got we to gotta test everything and make sure it's solid to the Word, and then we go from there.
1: All right, and just a one caveat, uh, Dr. Berger. He, uh, the pastor actually made a point to say he's not his pastor. He just attended his church, and he told him he needs to find a good home church. So I, I think the jury's still out, but I do believe God's going to get glory out of it regardless because too many people are interested in, in talking about real Scripture now. So, Yeah,
2: you know, and, we, and, we, and we just pray that people will uh, not be just coming to Kanye West because he's the entertain, entertainer, but coming to uh, his uh, message that he, they need to surrender to the Lord because you never know what people's motives are, but we pray for that as well. Well, thank you, brother, for your call, and God bless you, man. All right. God bless. All right. Do we have enough time to squeeze in, CeCe? I guess we do. Oh, no, looks like it. you don't. Well, we always get CC on, and CeCe, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, we'll get to your question next time first, and then we'll address that. And uh, But uh, Merry Christmas to you as well, and thank you for your patience. Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've
0: come to the end. of tonight's nice, exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, And you are listening, audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you and moved you and touched you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time. And when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. And since we won't be in uh, till after Christmas, we want to wish our listening audience a very, very Merry Christmas, a blessed Christmas. And we hope that you and your family uh, do well and uh, are truly blessed. My name is Gary Bell, and uh, may God richly bless you.